Welcome back, you guys. This is Joel with the Precision Rifle Network podcast. So I thought that I would do something a little different for this second podcast attempt. And um, I'm going to read a negative comment from uh, from the YouTube channel. Maybe I'll do this kind of regularly, just because I think they're hilarious. Um, I kind of feed off of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it actually used to bother me quite a bit that I would get negative comments. Um, because I was like, well, geez, can't these people understand? I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings at, at the start because I wasn't used to the whole, you know, online environment like this and being called out and being made fun of and whatever. Like, I've got a fairly thick skin. I mean, come on. I was a cop for a while. Like, I've heard it all. I've been called every name in the book. It really doesn't bother me that much. But these people can be pretty freaking mean sometimes. Anyway, so this guy here... Pelicans is his name. He says, I could never understand people who in the beginning of the video, before I saw any of their content, they're asking you to subscribe. I will definitely just buy a principal. Will not subscribe. Oh, I will definitely. His, he's, he must have used text to speak or something because he's got this thing all messed up. I'll try to translate it best I can. I will, uh, I will definitely uh, just by principle not be subscribing. Uh, when they do that, uh, let's see, they have to earn it first. And especially when people at the beginning subscribe, that's like throwing a challenge fee. Not sure what he means by that. I will freaking not do it on purpose. My goodness, people, why do you do this? If your conscience is good and you don't have to ask people, they'll subscribe themselves anyway. WTF. Well, to that guy, I say, move along. I don't need any of your drama. This is ridiculous, man. Like, so I just, these comments, like, just out of nowhere on old videos. I'm like, what do these people do all day? Like, they just cruise around and watch videos, and, and all they're doing is looking for reasons to complain. And this is their outlet. Like, do they never talk to anybody else in real life? Probably not. I'm answering my own questions here, but yeah. I just teased with this guy a little bit. My response was, wow, please take a deep breath. I wouldn't want you to stress yourself out. If asking for your sub is such a huge problem, then move along. You don't need to feel pissed, and I don't need your drama. Thanks for watching anyway. <laughs> I just I just don't understand these people. Now, guys, I'm probably, just to preface this, I'm probably going to sneeze a couple times and cough because I've been sick lately. <coughs> there you go. Hopefully that didn't blow out your eardrums. Maybe I'll edit it and cut those things out, or maybe I'll just leave them in there so you get the full-on experience today. So, uh, just cruising through and looking at some of these these other comments. Oops, sorry. <coughs> Here it comes again. Trust me, it won't be that much, I promise. Uh, let's see. So, this guy said... <laughs> this guy responded, um, and uh, this was from a video of a Strike Eagle, a Vortex Strike Eagle 5-25, to and this Rat107 guy, he's got a little you know, thinking emoji face. He says, that scope on a 22 long rifle? And so, you know, I'm trying to draw him out, figure out what he's, what he's saying here. So I says, does it seem like overkill to you? And he wrote back and he's like, just a little, haha. Now this guy's obviously just, you know, being playful, but he just doesn't know what he doesn't know, right? Like he, he doesn't understand that we put the same types of scopes on our 22 long rifles that we do on our big center fires. He obviously has no experience whatsoever with the 22 game. Um, anyway, I'll explain that to him on that one, I guess, eventually. 
These comments just kill me, though. There's always something, man. Always something on here. You know, like, like here's another one. Here's another comment. This is just randomly, like on an old video, right? This is on a Tika T1X versus CZ457 uh, rematch video that I did. This guy, Richard, says, it looks like the front scope mount is barely on the scope base. <laughs> I Like, I don't know what to do with stuff like that. Like, what would you guys do? I have no idea what to do with comments like that. These people, they just... I don't, I don't get it. Just complaining to be complaining? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, here's, here's a good one. Chris says, paid advertisements are going to be your downfall. Bag market is oversaturated, and that price is out of the question for what it is. Don't BS the people. Well, you know, I'm not quite sure what to say to that one, Chris. I think I responded to that one, actually. Let me go back here and see. Oh, yeah. I, I responded to Chris on that one. He disappeared and never said anything back to me. But I said, who's downfall? Mine? I, Joel, didn't get paid a thing for this video. And just to be even more fair with the review, I sent the bags to Justin, who had never seen them before. Justin gets to keep the bags, but he didn't know that until after the video was done. And on top of that, he's donating, no, donating them randomly to new shooters. Not sure what else we can do to be fair. I mean, that's... That's pretty much it. I get comments like that all the time. It's like, oh, you don't charge for videos, huh? I'm like, well, no, I don't charge for videos. Well, well, how about all those products and everything? Well, yeah, sometimes I get to keep products. Like, that's not a secret. And But it's not a paid advertisement. Like, they're not giving me bags to keep so that I'll say nice things about them. That's not how I do it. Like, the way that I receive products from companies is... I will do a product review, and if I like the product and I think it'll benefit you, the people, or myself, or whatever, if I think it's worth knowing about, then I'll make a video on it. And I will, generally speaking, I will default to doing like, a, these are the three things I like and one thing that I don't like about said product. I just don't feel a need to bash somebody's hard work. Like, for instance, these barricade bags that he's talking about. This was the TAC-52 barricade bags, which I I had for a couple of months before I ever did anything with the video because I wanted to use them. I wanted to play with them and, and mess with them and see if they would, how they worked and how they fit and how they felt and, and all the things. And, um, you know, I personally will probably never switch away from game changer bags, you know. I have my original old school Reezer game changer before Armageddon Gear bought that out. <coughs> Excuse me, that's lovely, I know. I've just been sick. I'm trying to bust this out for you guys, though. Um, so I was like, well, I'm not going to do this review. I think it'd be more kind of fair, seeing how I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of particular about barricade bags, and I like the Reezer game changer bags the best. So, but that doesn't mean that another bag isn't a good thing. It just means that I'm going to have trouble being super honest and fair about any bag. So I was like, well, I'll give this one to Justin and Justin can do this bag review because I wanted it to be fair. I wanted it to be straight up fair review, you know, for you guys. And he'd never heard of them, never seen them. So I figured, yeah, it'd be good. So it happens like that, right? And sometimes, like if I, if I get a product and I've done this before, like people have sent me products 
and I've used it and I did not like it. Um, and I will choose just not to do a video on that. Like, why would I bash someone else's hard work? You know, it, it's not my job to tell you guys what is a bad product. That, that I just don't think that's my role. Like, if I came in contact with it and people asked me, hey, have you used XYZ product? And it happened to be that product. I wouldn't. I wouldn't shrink or hide from that discussion. I'd be like, "Yeah, I had it. I didn't like it. I sent it back. Here's what I didn't like about it." Like if you asked me directly, I would not lie to you. I would tell you to your face that I didn't like it. But I'm not going to put out this, you know, wide-reaching public video saying these are the ten reasons that I dislike this bag, and here's maybe one good thing about it. Like I'm not going to say that. And that's that's not the case here with the TAC-52, so don't don't try and put those two together because I do think the TAC-52 barricade bags are are good, you know, well-made bags, and I think they're they're a good option. I do personally think they're a bit overpriced, but you know, Justin is the one that did the review on that for fairness' sake. So Chris's comment was a little, I don't know, off color, a little off-putting too, because that's just not the way that I do things. You know, the only literal paid advertisement that I have done of products. Um, I've done a couple of 60 second shorts, uh, for Coltac products. Cause I, I definitely received money from Coltac, you know, for, um, you know, advertising on the channel. And I chose to make those 60 second short videos, but that's why I didn't make like full length, long, you know, five, 10, 20 minute videos on that. That would, that would basically, you know, be tantamount to a paid advertisement because I'm not going to waste people's time with that, but I will do a 60 second short and I will post on Instagram and things like that. Um, and then there was one that was like super obvious that I did that I will never do again. And it was on, um, <clears throat> it was on one of the Olight products. I can't remember. It was like a, a pistol mounted weapon light from Olight. Um, and the only reason that I did that is because my son wanted that pistol light for his airsoft gun. And so when they contacted me and said, hey, we'd like to, you know, get some products on your channel and whatever you do a video on, you can keep it. And I was like, huh, okay, this sounds like a good way to get a free weapon light for my son's airsoft gun. So that's why I did that one. So there you go. That's all my cards on the table. I, you, you, some people just, you know what, Here, here's some advice to you guys that are maybe, you know, live in a world where you're skeptical of everyone and everyone's out to get everyone and everyone's trying to pull the wool over on somebody's eyes. Well, I live in a world where you believe the best in people. I live in a world where you're my neighbor and I'm going to give you the shirt off my back because that's how I was raised. And I live in a world where if you come over to my house uninvited, we're going to sit down and we're going to have some beers and I'll probably feed you steak and I'm going to send you home fat and happy because that's the way we do things around here. Okay. I'm, there isn't an ounce of deception in what I'm doing on my YouTube channel. So, you know, yeah, some of these, some of these comments get me a little riled up, but anyway, those are just a few that I wanted to start with today. So, uh, let's move on to something. <laughs> A little lighthearted, light, lighter-hearted, and more uh, more fun than those. Here we go. 
All right, so here's something kind of fun that I have been working on lately. I thought you guys maybe would appreciate it. And then there's gonna be a video coming. I just, I can't do it yet because this is a surprise for my brother-in-law and he will not be listening to this podcast. So you guys are all finding out about it. And uh, if he happens to stumble on this this podcast, maybe he'll he'll uh, the surprise will be ruined. But so last fall, he gets a hold of me and he says, "I don't have an AR." And at the time, he he's with the he's in the Air Force. Let me back up. He's in the Air Force. So's his wife. They were stationed in Hawaii. And while he was there, he you know realized, "Hey, I don't have an AR um, just for home defense or whatever." They were getting ready to move, um, be transferred from. Uh, from Hawaii to Colorado Springs, and he's almost retired. And um, he gets hold of me. He's like, "I don't have an AR. Would you help me pick out parts and do all that kind of stuff?" And so, um, you know, uh, not saying the words because I I technically cannot build him a rifle. That's illegal. Uh, but you guys are you guys get the hint. Um, so. I started trying to think of something that would be meaningful because, you know, he's family. And also, I really appreciate um, just the sacrifices that service members in the military have to have to make, you know, as, you know, men and women who have kids and they're in the service and just the difficulties that that places on a family. Like, I came from a military family. Um, you know, my, my dad was uh, short-term in the Navy um, and, uh, my grandpa and my great grandpa, my uncle were all in the army. And so, you know, I understand how it is. And, um, so I just have a great appreciation for it. And so I wanted this build to be memorable. I wanted to have something to do maybe with the air force. And I didn't know if that just was going to be like, okay, let's put together just a standard, Let's just put together a standard AR, and then I'll just get a, a really cool Cerakote, you know, some sort of a, a paint job that has something to do with the Air Force. Like, that was my original thoughts. And then I stumbled across this article um, from some years ago where I believe it was a Jordanian um, fighter pilot uh, got shot down, but and he crash-landed. He was still alive, though, and I believe it was uh, ISIS. Um, they got a hold of the guy and they tortured him and, you know, um, eventually they, they put him in a cage and doused him with fuel and lit him on fire. Horrible, horrible thing. And, you know, that Jordanian pilot didn't have anything but like a nine millimeter to defend himself with. And that obviously is not going to hold off, you know, a group of ISIS fighters for very long. Um, and so the U.S. Air Force looked at that situation and went, hmm, man, uh, are we doing much better for our pilots? And the answer was no at the time. And so they set out to build a takedown AR-15 type kit that they could put into the survival packs um, in the ejection seats of aircraft. And what they came up with was this, you know, this takedown AR kit. It has various folding parts on it. And um, so I'll tell you what those are in a second. But so I, I looked at that and I went, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, my brother-in-law and his wife, neither one of them fly planes. They're not pilots. But uh, Luke is an engineer, um, you know, for his whole career. 
and his wife Naomi, she actually uh, isn't head of she she heads up crews of people that you know fix and maintains all the Air Force aircraft. And so I don't know. I just thought this would be kind of cool. I wanted to build them one of those takedown AR kits, and I thought let's just see if the same parts are available to civilians that they used to make that, that AR. And sure enough, I found the parts and I built one. And so, um, uh, it's the, um, the takedown part is this kind of barrel collar. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe that really, other than it kind of is just this, um, it's basically like this collar that takes the place of the barrel nut right up against the upper receiver uh, on the AR, and it headspaces everything correctly, but it also just, it has these little, like, latching arms that then you take the other half of the, the barrel kit that attaches to um, the barrel side and the handguard side, uh, and it just allows you to flip two levers, basically, and take the barrel off of an AR-15 and then store it, you know, the two pieces come apart. So you actually can leave, I know it'd be just as easy, right? Probably just as easy to take the upper and the lower off, but these guys needed it to fit into a certain amount of space. And, you know, if you've got a, a full 16 inch barrel on an upper of an AR, now they were using SBRs, I had to go with a 16 inch, but they were using um, 14 inch SBRs um, in the, uh, in the Air Force builds. And, um, even then, if you've got that, you know, roughly six or seven inch upper receiver and 14 inches of, of barrel and everything sticking out, it was too long to fit into those, those ejection seats on the planes. And so they had to make it smaller. So that's why you couldn't just, you know, do something, you know, with, uh, upper versus lower. And so they built this piece this quick barrel change kit, and it allows you to just take the barrel off, but leave the the lower receiver and the upper receiver connected together in one piece. So it's kind of cool. And um, anyway, that company is called Cry Havoc, C-R-Y-H-A-V-O-C, Cry Havoc Tactical. And you can go on there and look at those uh, those quick change barrel kits if you want. Uh, and then there is um, a folding hand grip that they used. Um, and I am trying to remember what the, the name of that is. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's basically just a, a pistol grip that has a push button on the side of it and it allows it to kind of fold, um, almost 90 degrees to the rear and tuck up in where the, um, you know, the stock, the collapsible stock goes, just making it a lot smaller more compact platform. You don't have the grip now sticking down, adding that extra, that extra space. And so then that whole, that whole rifle, AR-15 type rifle and three mags of ammo can all fit into the survival kit in the, in the ejection seat of these planes. And I just thought, that's cool. I'm going to build that. So that's what I did. And I've been working on that now for, um, ah, just a few weeks, probably had to get some certain parts and and all that kind of stuff together, but um, I'll be doing a video on that for you guys to show you what it's. And it's got, um, you know, folding um, 
backup iron sights on it, which is, you know, obviously folding and you don't want a big optic on top of it taking up that extra space or anything like that. So it's a, it's a pretty basic AR. It's just got a couple of folding parts on it. Um, you know, the takedown barrel and the folding grip that make it more compact. So it's kind of cool. And, um, so right now I'm actually, uh, I was trying to find something on Midway, uh, that he could use to make like a, like a go bag, like a, you know, just a bug out bag, something that he could throw in the car and, and take with him at any time. And so I found a, a pack, um, that has a couple of padded slots inside of it where I believe both pieces of the rifle will slide down into those padded slots. And then he's still got the rest of this space in the backpack, you know, to put a, a, uh, first aid kit and it's got a, a water bladder pouch that he can put water in just enough space that he can use it, um, for, you know, an everyday carry kind of pack, you know, so a get home bag or, a, you know, something like that, an emergency pack, or if you wanted to go hiking with the family for the day, you could throw it on his back and, you know, have a good personal defense weapon, um, and space to carry a little bit of gear as well. So anyway, that's what I've been working on. Um, trying to think of what else we got coming up. Oh, uh, the next thing I'm going to be doing is the, uh, no, I've got a class. That's right. I forgot to tell you guys about this. So I, I am taking the competition dynamics. Um, well, it's not the class it's, uh, in the fall I'm doing the team safari. I think it's called team safari, which is kind of like the, the just, you know, pretty chill three day hike and shoot, um, match that team match that they do in the fall. And, um, I'm going to be doing that. And, uh, and so, sorry, I'm getting texted by my wife, um, <laughs> delays and interruptions. Um, I'm taking, I'm doing that, that match in the fall. And so I was like, well, I've never done that before. So I want to take a class that has, you know, that's like that, like that's something that will kind of train me up to do that. And so, um, I signed up for a Colorado precision rifle class that's being held at blue steel ranch. And, um, it is specifically for, um, this type of thing. In fact, uh, I believe they, they say it's competition dynamics or NRL hunter, uh, train up course. And, um, I'm going out next week to do that. Actually, uh, I'm trying to look it up for you guys real here, real quick here, so I can get the exact name. Hunter Series Steel Safari Prep Course, um, May 20, 2022, uh, at, uh, at Blue Steel. And so that's going to be a three-day course where it'll be all find it, range it, engage it type of instruction from Brian Morgan. I always get Brian Whalen and Brian Morgan mixed up. I can't remember which of the two guys it is, but one of those you know, super cool shooter type guys, um, is teaching the course. And I'm really looking forward to that. So I've got that coming up next week. So I'll be out there doing that. And then after that, we have the NRL 22 championship match, which is being held at Gadsden shooting center here in Missouri. And it's only like an hour and a half from me. And, um, so I'm going to go down there and help out with that. Uh, Friday, they're going to have some some side matches. And uh, I have um, 
decided to sponsor a side, not a side match, a side stage. I've decided to sponsor a stage on Friday with Precision Rifle Network. And there'll be a, a nice swag pack for the winner uh, from, from me, from Precision Rifle Network. And my stage, I wanted it to be something more in line with the you know hunter type stages, something a little more realistic and something that tested fundamentals. So I wanted to do something that was um, four positions, standing, kneeling, seated, and prone. But I wanted it to be something that you know could possibly occur out in you know the natural world in the in the environment, like a realistic type of scenario. Um, now the target is kind of the unrealistic part, and I can't really show you obviously through a podcast what the target is. But if you picture approximately a 14-inch circular steel plate, it's it's like cut down into puzzle pieces. So if you look at like the if you if you turn that circle into a clock, and then up at the 10 o'clock position, there is a plate that's been cut out of that circle that swings independently by itself. So then at 10, at two, at four, and at eight, there's there's four different plates that move independently, but the shape is basically a big circle. And then dead center in the middle is like a three or four inch circle that, sl- that swings independently of all the other ones. So there's technically five different moving plates within that 14 inch circular shape. So you've got that target. And what I'm going to have them do is take two shots from each of the positions and they have to hit, you know, uh, I'm going to have them color coded. And so they're going to hit one of those plates and then hit the center one and then hit another one of those plates and then hit the center one and then a third one and then hit the center one and then the last one and then back to the center. Those are going to be the the things they have to shoot. Um, But down at the range, there's like this berm up on the side of the range, like a typical square range, and you know how there's dirt berms up on the side. What I had them do was um, drag a big tree limb out and prop it up on the side of the dirt berm at an angle down towards the ground. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have them shoot standing off of a tripod with barricade bag. And then they're going to go uh, go over to the log, and they're going to find a position to where it's proper for for them uh, for kneeling, and for seated off the log, and then prone will be off the either off the ground under the log, or if clearance because of the grass and everything is a problem, then they're going to do prone off of kind of a, a modified prone off the side of the uh, the dirt berm in order to get that, that all their shots in, and it's going to be you know fastest clean run uh, to the winner. And um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. And I think it'll be fun. And I'll film all that. We'll make a video out of it. And um, yeah, it should be kind of good. So I don't know. That's what we got going on. I, I know that was, I don't know, it's kind of a fast, roughly 30 minutes. I had some cuts and some edits at weird points. That was because I was trying to uh, not make you guys listen to my, my coughing and my sneezing because I am sick, like I said. But uh, anyway... I'm going to cut it right there. Hopefully that's good enough for the second podcast. Guys, I'm trying to plan these out so you don't get a bunch of uh, rambling from Joel because I understand that can be annoying. So (laughs) I want to respect your time because I like it when people respect my time. So that's all I got for this one. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe or whatever it is for podcasts and 
tell others about it if you think it's um, worthwhile. I appreciate that. Consider supporting through Patreon. That is hugely appreciated and much needed if we want this business to keep running. So um, thanks, guys, and we'll catch you on number three next week.